Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, hello. 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 How is everybody? <laughs> what's, what's new? Life is what new. What is new? I'm back in LA, guys. I've been in Chicago for the oh. longest time. I'm finally back. I'm loving it and I'm hating it because I was, I literally had 12 roommates at home. My whole family was there. So now I am by myself and I'm like, oh, I can hear crickets. <laughs> like, Are you lonely? Yeah. And I can't sleep at night. Aww. It's so sad. I don't know why. I just miss my parents. You take melatonin? No, but I need to. You should smoke I some should weed <laughs> or, or smoke weed. But I get really anxious and like paranoid. Are you still getting up at five a.m.? No, I stopped that. <laughs> I stopped that right before I went to Chicago. I had my five a.m. routine: wake up, work out. But no, I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. Alejandro, what's been up with you? Well, speaking of early mornings, I had one the other day. Uh, there was this gathering that we went to uh, with some friends and it was pretty cool. It was lively as hell. It was entertaining. But what had happened like close to the end of the night, there was this big commotion, like mace was sprayed, security got to haywire and everyone got like pushed out. It was pretty chaotic. But to save the day, my boyfriend and I ended up going to the beach and we ended up catching the sunrise, which was like a really smooth transition from like the chaos that was to tranquil entry into a new week. But needless to say, we definitely needed sleep. Like after the sun was out, it's like, all right, we either need food or a bed. Like what's going to go down? (laughs) Like your romance has been rejuvenated since Hawaii. I'd say so. Yeah. You know, to have that connection and like just separation from everything to like really understand each other. It was really cool. It's so important to like take time just to focus on your relationship and like no Mm -hmm. distractions, especially when you're living together. Because I feel like it's hard when your workspace is your home space too, to like really establish that sense of I don't know fun in your relationship you know like because it, it's hard to root it outside of the mundane absolutely yeah because we I mean we both are guilty of getting caught up in the routines and just like non-stop having to attend to this or that or working however late and then by the time the weekend comes it's like okay well let's socialize let's do this and that yeah. it's so much going on just for us to keep our heads above water and then to have that time to develop a, a deeper understanding of each other that yeah was really cool. i can't relate because i'm the only single person in this um, <laughs> in this team but since i am the only single person i want to talk about how to exit 
a bad date because mm-hmm. now that, you know, COVID is coming hopefully to an end, I'm starting to go out there and starting a date. What are some tips or stories that you have for exiting a kind of shitty date? One thing that comes to my mind right away is the phone. Either text someone while you're in the restroom and be like, hey, call me and just play along. Or I don't know, that always seems to be like a go-to yeah good exit strategy but I don't know what are you what's your take on this Lauren I struggled back in my day because I hate not being liked it is definitely my biggest flaw but like even with people that I don't know very well I will have anxiety on like if they liked me or not and it isn't uh I don't even know how to put this it's like overwhelming like to have that type of um insecurity because you care way too much at that point what people think of you that being said I would say that that hindered me more when I was in like my early 20s like 1920 at that age I decided that I needed to like do something big to try to shake up that urge of like needing to be liked so I used to like treat bad dates as an acting exercise and like I would make up some like really bs thing but like really ride the wave of whatever my really bs thing was and would really treat it like a monologue opportunity and then like would be out that's what I'm saying like I was definitely the ghost in these situations but I think that I also made myself pretty unlikable at that point because I like had made up some like stupid situation for the flair of it that I don't think I knew you know my number one trick is honestly that I have horrible IBS and like that will (laughs) never ever fail to be a helpful excuse to get out of a bad date (laughs) but yeah Ash how about you so hold on so if I'm in a really terrible situation where I'm really hating this date I just have to say I'm really sorry dude I got terrible IBS yeah and it's the truth (laughs) for me because like you know girls it's hard out here to you know control everything that's happening down there and sometimes these dates people don't pick very IBS friendly foods and you know, you might put yourself in a situation, even on good dates. I have been in IBS situations before with Brian, 100%. I've had to leave the flower market before for IBS situations. I've had to leave Bestia before for IBS situations. IBS does not care if you're having a good time or a bad time. It's on its own schedule. (laughs) IBS is on its own schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, for me, I've had two instances where I just remember it being It wasn't like a bad date, but I just was not into it at all. And, you know, there's nothing worse than just not being into it and being stuck on this thing. And you're just like, I am not feeling this person. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be seen with this person. The first one was was when I was living in San Francisco and I got onto Bumble for the first time. And it was my first ever date on Bumble. And this dude was a catfish. Like, He looked nothing like his picture. I was starting to see things and I was like, are his arms like weird size like are they too small like he looks so disproportionate and it was just like all these things that my eyes started seeing and I was like I don't want to be here so that when I did use the phone I told my cousin to call me um with an emergency and she did and I think that was my first ever acting job that I ever did um before I even knew that I wanted to be an actor and then my second one was very recently I met someone on Raya and we went flower shopping in Venice and I just thought it would you know, be really cute, uh, really cute. Your idea. It was his idea. And it was 
also very spontaneous because he literally texted me. He said, what are you up to? And I said, nothing, just chilling at home. And he was like, okay, well, send me your address. I'm going to pick you up in 20 minutes. We're going to go flower shopping. Oh my God. And this guy was cute. some people that's kind of like, ah, but for me, I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, pick me up in 20. Like, tell me, you know, like, tell me the plans because I'm always the one making plans in relationships. Like no guy has ever just planned something out or been spontaneous. So this was a plus for me. And so um, he picked me up. And as soon as he got out the car, I was like, oh, no, 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 just another catfish, another catfish. And I'm sorry, but I need to be a little little bit physically attracted to the person before, you know, getting emotionally attracted to them. And for me, personality just doesn't cut it. But if it did, he didn't have one. So that was that. And so we went plant shopping and I was like, hey, I only have an hour I was like, I, I think I can do this for an hour. And then I got to go. I was like, I, I have an hour. I have a meeting. Lauren, it was our meeting for the show that we're writing and creating. Did um, you have that meeting? Yes, but it was, our meeting was supposed to be way later. I said it, it was an, oh. an hour. So whatever. <laughs> I didn't really lie. <laughs> and his personality. Um, but I got, huh? His personality didn't win you over. No, not at all. He was, he kind of acted like a two-year-old. He was like jumping around, like a grown man, like skipping around. Um, Too happy for me. And I just wasn't into that. I'm more into like the brooding. (laughs) I want like a Damien Salvatore, you know, not like a happy clown sorry but he bought me a really nice cactus it was like 165 dollars and i felt really bad so i i I left him i think like 60 bucks because that's all i had cash in his car but yeah i have a really did you ask for that or how did the cactus no so i we were talking about how i needed plants for this new apartment and how i just really wanted a cactus um he come in with you when he picked you up no. So he helped me to my front door, but I made sure that he didn't see my code for my gate. Mm. And I did not open my apartment door. I just let him drop it off because it's it's outside. It's on my stoop. So I just made him drop it off. And then I was like, okay, thanks. And I gave him a side hug. I was like, it was so great to meet you. And he was like, yeah, we should get d- drinks. And he, as soon as he was saying that, I was like, yeah, yeah, great. All right. I got to go. Bye. And then I just like made sure that I watched him leave. And then I went into my apartment. So your exit strategy is to buy a cactus. Yeah, yeah, get um, get a cactus. Oh, right. So I said I had to, uh, I wanted to buy some plants for my apartment. And that's why he made the plans to go cactus shopping. And I found this one that I really like. This has gone from flower to plant to cactus. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) You know, these green things that just live (laughs) off of carbon dioxide, those, yeah. That's what he was for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he bought me one. Um, and it was really sweet. It was a really sweet gesture. And I do like sweet people, but it just it wasn't for me. That's an expensive first date item. Yeah. He was like, well, it was other, it was um either this or me buy us our two hundred dollar dinner. And I was like, I mean two hundred dollar dinner. Huh? He said that two hundred dollar yeah. dinner. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And I was like, I I would rather just get the cactus and go and not spend however long dinner takes, you know. So do you have the cactus now? I do. I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, I'd like a photo. Maybe we could put it up on the screen. So you've seen it. You've you've seen it. Have I? 
Yeah, it's out, right outside my door. Oh, oh, I didn't pick up on the timeline of this. Yeah, yeah, this was a while ago. This was like January. Okay, Alejandro, mm-hmm. I'm really curious to hear your tips for um, exiting bad dates or your experiences. Oh, it's so funny. I was actually reflecting on the fact that I pro- I'm glad that I had no useful feedback because when, Ash, you were describing the option for dinner and I was just like, wait, what would I do if I was in that situation and I needed to get out from dinner. And what came to mind, enjoy as many drinks as you want, say whatever you got to say. But then I was just like, oh my God, like what if someone's tongue is too loose? And then all of a sudden it's like, everything comes out. And then it, that might not be the smoothest exit strategy, although it might create a very memorable experience. So best exit strategy. Did you I, never have been on bad dates, Alejandro? Oh my God, this is years ago. So there was one time I went with the guy that I was dating to his friend's house. I remember receiving a text message and I was like, you know, having like a good flow uh, while I was at uh, the friend's house. And then in the moment of having that conversation, I remember exiting out of the text messages and then going back and like, I remember a thought that came to mind. And then I remember using like the pronoun, like, oh, like he, it was something so specific and something like just addressing what had recently happened there in person. And I just made some offhand comment, like, oh my God, he's so annoying. And I accidentally texted him. So he responds back to me. He's like, what's going on? And then I was just like, I, my stomach dropped. That was definitely an instance where I needed an exit strategy. And I made the decision to just kind of like try and keep it cool. I was like, oh, just wrong person. It was somebody else. Da, da, da. Like, oh, so he didn't know or did schedule. he know? I, he made it seem like he didn't know or like it wasn't a big deal. And then we just kept it moving. So it was just a uh, weird tension left unaddressed. But because it was a social atmosphere, it was just like, well, let's just keep it moving. And yeah. I would have been like, oh, I was texting my mom about my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of my flaws is that I don't save people's numbers ever. And one time I had a full conversation with somebody talking about them to them, but like they thought that I was talking about somebody else. Oh God. So they fully had my number saved. I guess I never said the name of who I was talking about, but it was fully them. Alejandro, <laughs> you know, these people that I'm talking about, I'm pretty sure I've told you this story before. Oh and and uh, to this day, they have no idea. And they were like engaging with me complaining about them but thought it was someone else <laughs> the way that i figured it out was like at the end of the conversation they used the person's name that they thought i was talking about and i was like wait what and had that not happened then i fully m- might have said like i am talking about you <laughs> to you <laughs> so save everyone's numbers folks and also don't text fast because I'm sure we're all victims of screenshotting and sending it to the wrong person. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, my God. Oh, there's no getting out of that one. No. No, I definitely have done that. Same. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. So don't text in a hurry and make sure you know who you're sending it to and double check the name and the previous text to make sure it's that person. (laughs) (laughs) I guess one question I wanted to ask in this episode was how long do you think you can give a bad date before you make an exit strategy? Like how long do you give a person the benefit of the doubt to see if you'll really click with them, like on a personal level to ignore whatever's not landing on the immediate physical? I want to say less of a time frame driven and more of like how many topics can we go through 
Mm. where you know there could be like a tier of super stimulating and then we can like take it to like pop culture but is five too generous i don't know i think after like five different topic uh attempts if there's nothing to contribute then what are we doing like wow what are we going to connect yeah i am just if i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling it and it doesn't matter how much time it takes or how many topics for me i just can't get out of the I'm not feeling it, but let me just be open. I wish I could, because then maybe I'd form, you know, great friendships with people if it's not working out um, relationship wise. But for me, if I'm not feeling it, I get really bad anxiety and all all my body and mind wants to do is just leave. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm not, and it's not a dangerous situation, whatever, like I'll still get that anxiety to be like, just get out of here. So Ash, you have never been in a position where you were like not initially into it on a romantic level, but then like through continued contact with the person become interested. Yeah. Unless I was extremely drunk and at a club uh-huh, uh-huh. because that's happened before I, I was living in San Francisco and I was on Bumble. It was like one of like the first few Bumble people that I talked to and I met up with him. I was super drunk. I met up with him out at a bar and I wasn't like super into him, but I think it would just the more we kept drinking, the more I'm like, I was like, oh, wait, maybe I could, you know, put up with this person. And then we kind of dated for a few weeks and then I was like, no, <laughs> no, I don't think I can put this one up. Cause I mean, he would be tall. He was cute and he, I could tolerate him in certain situations, but when we're out and about, he would try to, he would try too hard to impress me when we're out in public. And then when we're at home, he'd just be so normal and cool that it wasn't attractive. That was my only situation. I'd, I'd never been in a situation where I'm like, oh, let me just give this person a try. Like, you know, just maybe you'll like him. No, because if I don't immediately like someone, I, I can't. Yeah, I asked because Brian and I were definitely like a grow to like situation. Like mm. we first started talking probably in like December or January. And then we didn't like we didn't actually date until a year later, but we didn't start like being romantic until like March of that year. And that was definitely like a grow to like situation. But I also think that I'm really picky about personality for my inner circle. I noticed that like the people that I'm friends with are all kind of similar or they have a lot of similarities. And I think that's because like, I know I get along really well with certain types of people, which I think made it harder in my youth to go on first dates because there are certain personality traits that I really do not like. Like I, I can't sacrifice personality for physical. If your personality is not good, then like, oh, so annoying. No, yeah, that's a terrible sacrifice to make. No. Yeah, I can do that with friends. I'm really good at being like, okay, these are traits that I don't like about a friend. And so these are the people that I'm going to avoid. But when it comes to if I meet a guy and this is how I don't see red flags in relationships and how I see them in friendships. And I don't understand how that works, but I'm just really blind when it comes to, to men, <laughs> men that I like. Got blinded by the booty is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. You know, and I wish, I wish I could see red flags in men too, but it's only for friends where I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I'm really quick to cut people out of my life because I just don't want any negativity, which is very hypocritical. In both friends and relationships? No, just friends. Hmm. In relationships, I don't see the red flags and I can't cut people out so fast. I want to give people a chance, but in friendships, I'm like, bye. <laughs> you don't deserve my friendship. 
But I wish I was like that in relationships. I don't get it. Were you popular as a kid? Yeah, you were popular. Mm. No, I went through phases of not having any friends and then having too many friends and then like going back to like not having that many friends. So I don't really know. Mm, mm. But I did stay on the popular side. Sadly. I was going to say, because like popular kid energy is like, I don't need friends. <laughs> friends <laughs> need me. <laughs> <laughs> I only need me and then relationships are like I need a boyfriend I was weird <laughs> so no I was a kid from Botswana who really needed to fit in so I did my best to fit in and to make friends and then that's how it was when I moved to America I was a kid from London and I really needed to fit in and sadly that's what happens but you know I don't have any toxic friends so there you go oh <laughs> Alejandro, can you sacrifice looks or personality, one or the other? I need personality and sense of humor. The sense of humor part is super, super important. I guess because I appreciate writing so much, and that is something that I'm truly passionate about, I am really drawn to how people use their words to Mm. convey not only what they're feeling, but again, you know, sense of humor as well. So if like the wit is there, plus like the charm, plus like a nice use of language, I mean, that to me is spot on. Like, I don't even... I don't even need to see that. I could be blind. My my vision can go tomorrow. <laughs> and but, have you been I mean, surprised on first dates? Like had to grow into like somebody after a bad date? Have I had to grow into like someone after a bad date? Or not necessarily a bad date, but just like growing into liking them from a first impression. I remember there was one time in college, there was this like retreat, some sort of like leadership thing. And there was uh, this other guy who was also uh, another gay guy that was on the trip from our campus. We hit it off because like, I mean, obviously like we could tell it was like, okay, we're family. But then my mind was trying to go into it in like a very friendly manner and like, hey, we're like on this trip meeting new people. Like, let's just be friends. But like his conversation, the energy that he was leading with us always like way more romantic than what was preferred. So nothing happened during that experience. But then when we got back on campus, I remember he tried to invite me to go on a date. <sighs> Ugh, it was just awkward because it was Valentine's Day. And I was just like, OK, like, let me just take a risk. Let me just go for it. Because like, you know, I thought like, maybe the sense of humor could come out a little more this time. You know, it was always like, always giving chances and just, I mean, that was definitely a weird, not a bad date experience, but (laughs) a date that I wanted to get out of uh, as smoothly as possible. It was nice, but it was also like, you know, I was trying to treat it as like respectfully as possible because like I could tell that I wasn't feeling as strongly about where the date was heading as opposed to where he was at. I say being polite is definitely a good card to pull out when it comes to trying to get out of a bad date. It does wonders. <laughs> you never know when you're going to meet that person or who they're going to be. You know, like, I just feel like in our industry, we got to be as nice as possible. Yeah. And not even in our industry, just as human beings, we should be really nice to people. But <laughs> in our industry... <laughs> Can we play Other people's mind be a dick, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Love that. You just never know, you know, how if you're gonna come across this person in a different situation and you just need to part ways, like no bad blood and no drama because mm, it could bite you in the ass. Unless you're doing the monologue exercise and then a little drama. <laughs> Oh yeah, you could do drama there. (laughs) I want to end on two questions. So first one, your final best tip on exiting a bad date. Have someone call you with an emergency. Yeah. Be nice. Mine is be nice. But like, how do you end? How do you exit being nice? Like, would you just straight up be like, hey, I'm really sorry. This him out. Like, how do you be? I need to know because I'm the only single person here. And if I do find myself in a date that I don't want to be in, how do I be nice? Like, do I literally just be like, hey, 
I'm really sorry, but to be completely honest, this isn't working for me. And I think you're a great person, but I'm going to peace out in the middle of dinner and drinks. Or do you tolerate it, get through it, mm. and then just not continue it after? Lead them on for the date and then peace oh, yeah. out. Or do you address it? Do you just address it right in the middle of dinner and be like, like I'm sorry, but I'm not picking up what you're putting down. So I'm going right? to just call it like it is right in the middle of dinner, right in the middle of the breadsticks, maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's really mean. That's not even nice. We'll always have Paris. Then leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then my last one is, can you change your gut instinct on first impression? I think the first instinct is there for a reason. Aren't we supposed to listen to it? Is it worth changing our first gut instinct? I don't know. I agree. It's really hard for me to... I my gut instinct is what I feel the most and it's really hard for me to change that and to convince myself otherwise so for me personally I think it depends on who you are and how open-minded you are but for me no I 100% agree that gut instinct matters and I think that my situation with Brian is probably like a kind of a weird situation that happened but what I will say about it was that like the reason that I wasn't romantically interested right away was because I was in another relationship and as time went on and my relationship with Brian became more romantic and I ended the previous relationship before I originally thought of Brian like as a romantic prospect what I noticed about him was that he made me laugh so much and like whether that was a romantic person or like just a friend I just felt like really warm and wanted to be around that person so whether it's an instinct or like a feeling that the person gives you, I think that's always worth paying attention to because that feeling I think can morph from friendship to romantic. Touche. Mm-hmm. Boom. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.